You know, I had a friend that said whenever she was doing something bad, she'd hear this, this little voice in her head, distant little voice saying, oh, come on, you know this is wrong. And then when she started doing good things, that voice went away. It was a relief. Your friend sounds like she's one pickle short of a pickle party. <laughs> I might have alcohol poisoning. She was a little rough around the edges, but she was also a really good person when she tried. See, I think that little voice was her conscience trying to guide her in the right direction. I gotta go home. What do I owe ya? The real question, Eleanor, is what do we owe to each other? What? Did I sell you a drink? Am I a bartender? <laughs> Drinks are on me. Good luck. Steven, what's your take on reincarnation? Do you think when we die, we're born as something else? Do you think we get another chance on Earth after we've just absolutely fucked this one up? You know, if every anime I've ever seen is remotely right, then absolutely. But absolutely. only if you are a nerdy shut-in who gets hit by a truck saving either a child or a pretty girl. Uh, you had me for the first part, but the saving a child or girl <laughs> couldn't be me. Yeah, but so your chances are slim. shut in. Mm -hmm. I could get hit by a bus. If I get hit by a bus, just as a regular nerdy truck, shut in. Gotta get hit by a truck. Truck. And it's gotta be during an act of heroism. Usually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you think you'd come back as if you were reincarnated? If you could choose, what would it be? Would you be another person? What type of person? Would you be an animal? Would you be a tree? I think if I can't come back as your office chair... <laughs> then I'd so probably want to sit be... on your face every day. Yeah. Or mm -hmm. I guess this wouldn't be your face, would it? It might be. In mm. my mind, it's kind of like my mouth area. <laughs> okay. In a, in a dream world. That can be done without you having to die or reincarnate <laughs> as anything. But it's part of it for me. It's part of it. Okay, I get it. I don't know. I feel like maybe if I were going to come back as an animal, some kind of mm. dog would be fun. Like some sort of bougie living... You'd want to be a domestic dog. animal. I feel like if I was going to be an animal, I'd want to be free in the wild. Your life expectancy would be cut by like 75% if you were a stray dog, Zach. I didn't say a dog, did I? If you were a wild animal, your uh -huh. life expectancy gets cut real slim. Sure, yeah. in a zoo, you don't get to run around, but you get to actually eat and not have to hunt. Wait, so you're going to be, be a little frou-frou dog in a zoo? <laughs> No, I want to be a frou-frou dog in, like, a house with, like, well-behaved children. Uh-huh. I don't want to be, like, a, a a a hood dog where I'm, like, chained up and have to fight. Like, imagine if you had to be Michael Vick's dog. That would suck. <laughs> Do you think he's still doing that? Like, he has no, a dog he's, and he's, he's just making him play games by Michael himself? Michael Vick's a good guy now. Uh, yeah, he killed he? some dogs before, but then he was good at football, so who, who cares? hasn't? Yeah. Who hasn't killed some dogs for sport? Come on. Who hasn't organized a massive uh, Hollywood dogfighting yeah. ring? Come on. Sue me. People yeah, change. Yeah, so what? It was 2019. Yeah. Times, times passed. <laughs> what were we talking about before the animal uh, violence? Reincarnation. reincarnation. I think I'd want to be born as a person, but on like a completely different side of the planet. Mm. And live a completely different culture. Think about the time experience. zones, Zach. That's true. Do you think I'd get jet lagged? Do you think I'd, <laughs> You'd be, like, Whoa! I'd be born as a baby? And you're like, oh, it's like in another country, and I'd be I'd be asleep for twelve straight hours. You have to learn the, the language. Zach? Baby's dead. How are you with other languages? 
you, you pick mean? them up quickly? No. Mm. <laughs> I think they're beautiful to listen to. Sure. Well, because you can't understand anyone cussing you out, which is yes. usually what's happening when you're hearing. Like, you're, just you, so you're getting screamed at in Mandarin. You're like, your language is so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I can, if I learn what words mean, or if mm-hmm. I listen to people talk for long enough, I can kind of pick up context clues and get some ideas of what's being said but as far as it's all about like syntax Mm -hmm. which is so hard in every language has a different sentence structure and the how the words relate to one another is totally different that's what's hard for me to think that i'd ever be able to know a language well enough to use it in the correct grammar without thinking about it and stuttering Mm -hmm. and sounding like a fool i it's just i feel like i needed to start a long long time ago if i was gonna do something like that what about you let me hear your little spanish i've heard you do a little spanish before spanish let's say let's paint i speak in spanish a fair amount at home Mm -hmm. for the audience real quick and then we'll start the show let's say we're at universal studios orlando okay okay? i didn't put myself and i am i will not do a voice or speak as this Mm -hmm. person because i don't want to get canceled even though i'm sure you could clip an hour's worth of stuff i've said that (laughs) would not look good (laughs) can and have zach i'm just waiting can and have the data leak it uh, let's say I am a Spanish-speaking individual who's here with mm-hmm. their family, okay. looking for something okay. to do I with the park, uh-huh. and you're trying to use what Spanish you know to direct them to the most fun thing they could do here today. At Universal. Okay, yeah. easy, easy. I, I, I've actually been in a similar scenario huh. before, Zach. Yeah. How'd that go? Hola! Como estas? Que quieres? A la Harry Potter? La Butterbeer? La oh, cerveza no, de leche. Why was it la butter beer? <laughs> uh, because you have to say the words that there's not a Spanish translation for with the most American accent you can. Is that how Spanish speaking people do it as well? That's what it sounds like to me. It's always really funny. Yeah. Because Danny, they're recording a voice note and speaking like Spanish, Spanish, and all of a sudden I'll hear something, 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 Target. And then <laughs> it's great. Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to Into the Time Knife, the good place. Uh, all good yeah. place. Welcome to Into the Time Knife, the good place. The good place rewatch podcast. Mm-hmm. Not just a good place rewatch podcast. The, the good place rewatch podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Zach, and I don't have a quip. Do you? I'm Steven, and I kind of had one last yeah, night, but who it. remembers? I didn't write it, it down. Yeah, sure didn't. It was something like... Uh, ass face or something like that it has something to do with ass face one of them had dong in it oh that's what it was it was a dong detector or something or like dong something (laughs) to encourage the dong well what are we here to do today we're here to encourage your dong as it relates Mm -hmm. to recapping the season two finale of the good place i'm really excited i can't believe we're at the halfway point of the show and recapping it already to this big moment that really is a shift in the series as many shifts as we've had before this this is like the shift that ends the first half of the series and kind of begins a new chapter with the next season and the end of this episode it's a pretty big day for the podcast i feel like this is it is and i was watching it and and I, i talked last week about how in my linear storytelling memory of the show last week's episode is really the season finale for me I don't agree with you, but I see why yeah. you say that. Like story wise. So I it kind of I forgot watching this episode. I was like, oh shit, no, this is like 
the halfway point of the show because yeah. everything does change from this episode on of what the show is, what the what's happening around. I think this is another, I guess, maybe the second major or I'll, I'll say second it's or third major shift. It's hard to say at this point because for a period in season is. two, it feels like every episode was a yeah. major shift. And this is the, the first one we've had in a little bit because the pace kind of slowed down a little bit in season two. Not the quality, but the in pace a good of way. the... Yeah. Exactly. And I think now we're switching to something else and something that I'm going to be honest when I first watched Somewhere else this show. Somewhere else one could say. Heyo. The first time I watched this show, I, I wasn't totally sure. And I don't know why we ever question what this show is going to do because it yeah. works every time. Because but... we're cynical fucking assholes that are like, yeah. well, they had two great seasons, but then mm-hmm. it fell down. Well, and I was sure. I was like, well, how are you going to pull this off? Their like, best you've episode. now gone back again. But, I but think of course, that... we should have had faith because they knew what they were doing and why they were pacing it this way. Absolutely. We were kind of talking about it before we recorded, but... They say in this episode kind of what the the issue is, but I still didn't see it at the time watching, like what the big thing they're going to solve is. And I think Stephen was so very smart. pro the prison industrial complex. Well, yeah, you got to make money five years ago, however long. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm glad you're here. We're going to get into that and a lot more. But first, we've got to shout out our $10 and up patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Those people are Danny no, they're not. You know they're not. Mm-mm. Those people are Mary Baker Budisa, Danny M. Lugo in second. Justin, let's talk about Justin. Uh-huh. He tweeted us over at TimeKnifePod on Twitter.com. Did you see that they're changing the name to and logo X. of Twitter to X? Yeah. Dumb. There's going to, every few years, add another X, and then Twitter will just be the just porn, be porn part of it. And then mm-hmm. I'll sign back up. Yeah. <laughs> Now Justin, I'll pay for Twitter Let us blue. know that the correct way to say his last name, which we've all been having a ton of fun with mm-hmm. these last couple weeks, he spelled it out as using the word 40, mm. like the number, dash E-R. So my interpretation is 40-er, 40-er. Now, what if 40-er. Justin resides across the pond, as they say, and it's like 40, 40, 40, that Justin 40, Justin 40, yeah. Foyer. Foyer. It's like super cocky. Well, that's like... Justin for you. Hey! We did it. We found it. And, of course, Autumn Marsh, the mother of our love child. Where did we leave that? Is that what that is? That what it is? Waiting on results. We actually, uh, we're going to get to meet Autumn in person on Maury next week. <laughs> Don't know if she's going to show, but. Is Maury still alive? <laughs> I think Maury Povich is still alive, yeah. I don't think that show has been on for quite Sometime the reruns, you know, would fool you. We'll live forever. Because Welcome it's to the timeless. podcast, everyone. Patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. If you want more of us every week, we do the live stream you can't disappoint show every week, which is kind of a general talk chit chat show that we do for a half hour before we record the podcast. You know, Stephen and I get together and record every week and have a lot to say to each other that we've completely barreled through by the time we hit record for mm-hmm. into the time knife. So if you want to hear what we have to say to each other immediately live on the pre-show is the first time we see each other every week. It is. If you want to hear what we have to say immediately every week, that's where you can find it on Patreon. That's also, how to do it. The Basement are that 70s show rewatch podcast is a lot of fun. All the episodes of Brokeback Bebop are on Patreon. Come check us out. Throw us a few bones, a few bucks. Toss us those bony bucks. A few dollars. Steven, how was your week? Anything on the docket? Barbenheimer. 
I Barbenheimered. Not in the same day, but I did see Oppenheimer on yeah. Saturday and saw Barbie. Which I think yesterday. is smart. I get the bit of doing both in one day, but that's a long these films time. need time and attention, right? Oppenheimer's three hours long. Do you really want to bend? Too. Yeah, that's five hours of of Great sitting job. inside a theater watching. Okay, a movie. thoughts on Barbenheimer? The experience of experiencing. The it was kind of cool. Revolution. I feel like it's the first time in a long time at least and maybe the biggest time of our lifetime that there have been two movies at the same time with this much hype. Yeah. Like I remember in high school I'd be like okay well which movie are we going to see but it was kind of very clear okay this is the number one like both Typically, of these yes. movies have been drawing a lot of buzz from both very different audiences and people that want to see both. Yeah. Both are really well done. I think Oppenheimer does what it sets out to do really really well. I really enjoyed it. If you want to hear us talk super in depth, check out the pre-show, but That's what we did today. We dove deep into yeah. Barbenheimer. Barbie Second best movie I've seen all year, and if it weren't for the fact that Spider-Verse is a masterpiece, it would be the best movie I've seen this year so far. Yeah, Barbie, I have seen. I haven't seen Oppenheimer. Absolutely some of the most fun I've had in Mm -hmm. a theater this year. Your mileage may vary with its themes, with its jokes. Comedy is so subjective, but it made Mm -hmm. me laugh a lot. And I think you'll have fun if you check it out no matter who you are. Barbie, Mm -hmm. I gave... Four and a half stars on Letterboxd. If you want to yeah. read my thoughts on it and all the movies I see, Zach Pruitt. My name spelled don't, out. That's don't my, fucking plug my username letterbox. on Letterboxd. Don't, Can I plug? Don't plug I've done letterbox. this show so long. Let me self. We don't promote plug. ourselves all the time. Let's move on. Haunted Mansion looks like it's going to be fun. It does look like it's going to be fun. It's got a great cast. Mm-hmm. And there's so many fun details from the ride that are showing up in the movie. Yeah, like the the, the stretchy walls, you know? That was yeah, fun to yeah. see. I saw I an advertisement that. for in New York right now. They have pedicabs that are modeled after the ride vehicles. Oh, that's cute. That is cute, yeah. If you're watching the video, you might notice that I'm a little red tomato boy today. I just got back last night, really late last night, slash this morning, from a little vacation. Looks exactly the same With some friends. Looks. Me and my partner and our dear friends and very talented artists... Maya and Gage went to Holiday World in Indiana, and we rented out a really cool cabin that was like an 1800s cabin and looked very much like it on the outside, but on the inside, spotless clean, had everything you want out of a current hotel situation and more, and also had a lot of charm. Like, we sat around and played games at the table. It was just really neat. One of the coolest places I've ever stayed, honestly. And he didn't get murdered, which is always a plus when no, we didn't get a murdered. group of Caucasian friends go to a cabin. I just always assume there's going to be murder. We had so many moments like that that were like, this is our horror movie. We've got to make the right mm-hmm. choice. And I brought up several times that I showed you the cabin, and the first thing that you said was like, black people would not stay here. No, this not This is a, a white people thing. You were like, that's terrifying. And I was like, yeah. look at this cool cabin I'm staying in. I know. You were like, isn't this cute? And I'm like, no. <laughs> so get this. Right next to the cabin mm-hmm. is like a warehouse. And it was a nice looking warehouse. No, listen to me. It gets worse. But it was a nice looking <laughs> warehouse. And what is a nice looking warehouse? Like it looked like a nice, newer, clean building. Mm -hmm. It looked well tended to. It didn't look abandoned. We looked it up on a map and it was like a bicycle warehouse or something. It seemed Mm. fine. There's a door on the side of it that end of the one day and the rest of the time wide open. 
Mm. The door was wide open the entire time. And it kept kind of beckoning to us being like, that door over there is wide open. I wonder yeah. what's in there. What's in there? We never went inside, but we thought about Thank how God. scary it would be potentially. Yes, and there that's were a couple your of horror times movie moment. We were like leaving the cabin to walk around and we were like, but lock the door immediately because what if yes. the, the horror movies, we get back in the cabin, we're all chilling, chillaxing and the, the horror villain Mm-hmm, the is the serial killer is there. But that's not the cabin. We went to Holiday World, which if you're not an Indiana and native Splash or like a Safari. Midwest guy, like Steven and I, Holiday World is this real gem in Indiana that's mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. It's a privately owned theme park that's themed after holidays. Well, it's in Santa Claus, Indiana. It though. sure is. It was America's first theme park. Not in that it was the first park, but it was the first park with a theme. Mm-hmm. And now there are a lot more theme parks, and it was the first one. 1945. Wow. Yeah. Is it still super clean? It used to be owned Incredibly by the Queen clean. of Clean. It's she such like had... a hidden gem, and if you ever find yourself in southern Indiana or adjacent sometime, it's worth it. They yeah. have free parking. They free have unlimited free soft, soft drinks. drinks. Which even just being able to get a cup of water whenever you want as you're walking around on a hot day, Mm -hmm. let alone get whatever drink you want, or when you buy a meal that you don't have to buy a drink with it, they even had free coffee in certain parts. That was awesome. Free sunscreen, Free sunscreen was a lifesaver. That place is really cool, and they have one of the best water parks in the world. It's top notch. They have three water coasters, which are an insanely fun experience. I highly, highly recommend if you like theme parks. And it's a good fun for the whole family place. Like if you've got young kids, there's plenty of stuff for them to do there. If you're a thrill seeker, it's not a world-class coaster park like others, but they have some great coasters and there's plenty to do for a thrill seeker. Go check it out, friends. Heck yeah. Dive Let's in. talk about the good place unless there's anything Let's you want to bring Let's do it. Out. Okay, we're here to talk about the season finale of season two of The Good Place. It's season two, episode 13. This is chapter 26. Do you have a problem with that, episode 13? You weren't thinking about it. It's the 12th episode of the season. but Chapter 26, Somewhere Else. This episode was directed by the series creator, Michael Schur, who previously directed the episode Michael's Gambit, and in the future of the series directs the episodes Pandemonium and Whenever You're Ready, Parts 1 and 2, the season 3 and 4 finales, respectively. And this episode was also written by the series creator, Michael Schur, who previously wrote the episodes Everything is Fine and Michael's Gambit. And in the future, he writes next season's premiere, Everything is Bonzer, Part 1, with Jen Statsky. And he also writes both parts of the series finale, Whenever You're Ready. And this episode here, the season finale of season two of The Good Place, it aired ending the season on February 1st, 2018. Wow. And you know what time it is. We're going to take ourselves on a trip through memory lane, Mm -hmm. talk about what was in the multiplex and in the Sam Goodies back in 2018 with the number one movie and the number one album, starting with the movie. The number one movie did change this week. From Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. You know, I went to the movies around okay. this time, but I'm, I went to oh. movies a couple. I weeks thought you later. meant like in, within the last week, you having gone to the movies was going to help you in this. Well, I'm trying you know, to think because I do remember. I went to the movies February 2018, but it was uh, cause I remember I went to the movies. I think on Valentine's Day this year, but it was not this week, so I don't know how well I'm going to do. Give me a hint. Give yeah. me it. Give it to me. I always do. So you can have first a hint, and mm-hmm. then if you still want it, I'll give you a little synopsis. Mm-hmm. Synopsis. Not synopsis. Yeah. Give me Dumb. give me that synop. Your hint is that this is a third quill 
in a series that if you squinted, you might think it's The Hunger Games. Oh, is it, uh, okay, Allegiant? No. Hmm. What other series is like The Hunger Games? Would you like a plot? Yeah. I'm going to give you this first sentence because I know nothing about this franchise except a little bit. Nice. And I think this will just stump you unless you've seen these. Mm-hmm. Thomas leads some escaped gladders. Oh, it's gladders. Maze Runner. Gladders or gladders? Gladders? Thomas leads <laughs> some escaped gladders on their final and most dangerous mission yet. If yeah. you didn't know the main character was Thomas, would you have any idea what that was? Not at all, no. Thomas, you said the Maze Runner. Did you say what it was? Do you know what the um, third one is? Fuck, what's the third one called? This film was two hours and 22 minutes. That sounds ridiculous. I watched it. The third one? I, I didn't see any love that book series. The well, then books what's the are third so one good. called? If you love it so goddamn no much. No fucking clue. The Death Cure. The Death was Cure. Was the third yeah. one. We're going to talk about how well this did critically and the movies, audience considered. They like make a major change in the movies from the books that mm-hmm. kind of massively changes how things function. And the further you get into the series, the more it like kind of fucks with it. So by this point, they had really kind of botched what's going on. So let's see if that reflects in the scores on Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think the critics were feeling about the Death Cure? The twenty-five percent. I'll tell you, it's higher. Do you want to take one more guess? Thirty-eight. You're close. Forty-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Forty-three percent. What about the audience? Do you think the audience is higher or lower on Maze Runner? Higher, because the audience is stupid. They didn't How much read. higher? What do you think? Uh, 56? Really, really close. I'll give you one more guess, but I'm not going to give you a direction. Like, you're within two or three numbers of it. 54. No, you went the wrong direction. 58% mm. from the audience. Hey, close, close. What about Letterboxd? What do you think the crowd on Letterboxd? I've translated this to a percent. So tell me what percentage of Letterboxd ratings... You think Letterbox likes it that much? Yeah. 68%? Mm-hmm. It's lower than that. One more guess. Uh, 50%. No, 60%. It oh. was just a little bit higher than the Rotten Tomatoes audience mm-hmm. score. The number one album this week was a debut album from a, I would be willing to say, a, a B-tier pop superstar these days. Oh. And half of my heart belongs to this album and its lead single. Uh, ooh, nah, nah. <laughs> okay, wait. If you just referred to Rihanna as a no. uh, okay, ooh, nah, B tier nah. pop superstar. Yeah, I was no. gonna stop recording no. right now and leave. I don't know. Like Kim you might Petrus, even maybe even see, but Ava Max. B-ish. No, Two I'll B-B-B? give you one more guess. Give me one more real guess, and then I'll tell you who it is. Lord. No. Wait, did you say debut album? Yes. Oh my bad. Olivia Rodrigo. No, that was later, I think. Mm. I think that was 2020 or 2019. Probably. I don't it's Camila Cabello. Oh, Cabello. the one that said the N-word. I don't know. Yeah, that's so why she's not C-tier a thing anymore. pop superstar? At the time, it was B+. Now she's like... With that and the Cinderella movie mm-hmm. and the James Corden carpool karaoke. We are all a part of a rhythm nation. Well, do you know that's what, what her Cinderella one. debut album was called? Was it called Havana? Was it just no. called... Camilla, Camilla, Camilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know she was part title. of a girl group before her solo. She was in Fifth Harmony with I Normani, her, the more talented. Uh, Wikipedia page briefly today. Is she and Sean Mendez still together? I don't know. I did know about 
Fifth Harmony. I didn't know she was in it. What do you mm-hmm. think people thought of this album, starting with Pitchfork, out of 10? What do you think Pitchfork gave this out of 10? Pitchfork is really nice to debuts, especially mm-hmm. of pop girls. So sure. I'm going to say 7.6. You're a little high. Ah, 7.2? No, I was saying, Steven, you're a little high. <laughs> yeah, seven seven point four. No, it's a 6.8 from Pitchfork. 6.8? Pretty decent. That's respectable. Fair. respectable. I think that's a fair score for this album. It's not bad. Some good singles. I think I was listening to a lot of albums in 2018. I probably listened to this one. Mm-hmm. What about Rate Your Music? The every man, but maybe more of a music snob. The type of people that would go to a website and rate an 4. album. 4.8. Like out of 10. Mm-hmm. They do their scores out of 5, but I translated it out of 10 to go with Pitchfork. 4.8 is really close within several decimal points of the answer i'll give you one more guess 5.1 you're so close that's very very close it was just a five five out of ten oh, or two point wow. five out of five mm-hmm. close. i've been close Camilla. on my guesses today by camilla cabello that was not too bad camilla camilla caballo <laughs> let's go from that into one of our favorite times of the week it's time for one of my favorite parts of the week i know Mm -hmm. the people love it the commenters always point out how they they like listening to this one it's time everyone to find Mm -hmm. out once and for all for the last time in season two did steven watch the episode this episode this week week it's fantastic come on barbie let's go party if you want to hear a really good story about how that song fits into a moment in my childhood also check out the Mm pre-show over on the patreon today i have a fun story about that song too but i didn't tell it you want to tell it now or is is the time passed uh i loved that song as a kid like listened to it all the time sang it all the time didn't really understand what the lyrics were saying all the time you can undress me undress me and i learned that while singing that song for karaoke at a work event as an adult um, as an adult was was it an arrested development afternoon delight moment kind of it was and i was singing it and i was like wow these lyrics are really suggestive and then i sang it again this year at karaoke so i was like that's the mistake no mistakes. I 100% believe that you would do that mm-hmm. and pick that song. And There's do, a really great, like, jazzy version of it. Do you do, like, do, you do, do, you do like, a girly voice and then a manly voice? Well, the first year I sang, like, a really jazzy version of it, and then this year I sang the original, so I did do both voices. All right. You've got 20 seconds on the, hit the clock notes. for the segment today. How are you mm-hmm. feeling? Do you think you can I do this? I think I'm going to do okay this week, Zach. I'm feeling relatively confident. I know this episode fairly well. I was fairly lucid when I watched it. <laughs> Okay. Well, I'm yeah. ready. Are you ready? Let's do it, Zach. Okay. May the best man win. I agree. On go. Three, two, one, go. Michael's arrived in front of the judge, and they're going to figure out a way to work this all out. The The gang has grown. They've improved, and Michael thinks that they deserve a chance to earn a spot in the good place. So they snap their fingers, and Eleanor's back on Earth. She needs a little push in the right direction from Michael, and she tries to change her life. She starts being good, but nothing pays off. Soon she goes bad again, but then she talks to Michael in a bar and is good Stop. and seeks out... You're on a good track, mm-hmm. but it's a bummer that you didn't get to the end. Yeah, I was. I spent too much. I was talking too slow to start that. In the beginning, what you said was good, but you spent mm-hmm. too much time before they're on Earth. Yeah. Because there were quite a few details in Eleanor's story, in Michael and Janet with the ticker tape, mm-hmm. and in the ending of the episode. 
I think you did okay. I yeah. think you could have done great, which makes it seem even worse. Mm-hmm. But I don't really feel like punishing you because you got a lot. I just think yeah. you could have done a little better. You were could've too confident. I was. I underestimated the girthiness of this episode. Yeah, and I think I'm going to give you a B. I'll take it. I think I'm going to give you a B. Let's do some trivia. A B for Barbie. I'll See take it. See how we do on trivia today. I've got a, uh, I've got seven questions for you this week. Uh, why don't I go first then? Because okay. I have a bunch. more than that. Wow, great. And I struggled to get questions in this one until the end. A point. Nice. Yeah. How old was Jason when he hit a flamingo on the butt with a spray paint mm, can? I don't remember him saying an age. You've said all the mm-hmm. details. I remember about that line. It was... Yeah. What he did before school or after school every day, and he Mm -hmm. said he got pretty good at it. I'm going to guess, I don't know if it was when he was still in high school or when he was an adult. I'm just going to go 17. Mm, He was six. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) So like elementary school he's doing. Yeah. I thought it was high school. My first question for you is that question, but different. What did Jason do for fun every day after school? Threw spray paint cans at flamingos. Yeah, but he says empty. Empty. Well, yeah, he says he graffitied first. Spray paint cans at (laughs) flamingos is what he says. So I'm imagining he just empties them on them and then sure, probably chucks them. Wow, that's aggressive. It is. That's awful. Where was Eleanor's roommate two weeks before 9/11? I was in Syracuse, New York. Wow, 14 days. 14 days before (laughs) 9/11. How many years was Tahani voted best shoulders by Vogue? Four. Yes. Nice. That bit goes on a little bit longer in my episode where she then says, I lied. It was only two. Is that in yours? I honestly don't remember. It might be this. This whole bit might not even be in my episode, but I feel like it is. Four was right. Yeah. I just guessed. Oh, I mean, you got to think of the time period. Whose shoulders were better for a four year length of time than Tahani Aljamil? No one's. None. None. She's great shoulders. Whose baby shower is Eleanor going to bring her ass Ortman of Brownies, too. Oh, my God, because I took notes about this episode, and there are several characters in this episode that I don't know their names. I don't know mm. that girl's name. Mm-hmm. I know they say it, but I was taking notes. Nora? Baby sh- Laura. Nora. Laura. L as in... Loja. Look, it's Robert Loja. Oh, God. There's your family guy reference for the day. Mm-hmm. Who is the one that snaps to send the humans back? The judge. Yes. I thought yeah. maybe I would get you and you'd think that's you a good, that's a good trick up question. He's done it every other time. Mm-hmm. What did Eleanor order from the restaurant with her friends? Mm-hmm. I wrote that one down too. She had the steamed vegetables and water. Yes. The steamed vegetable medley and ice water. Yeah. I just started intermittent fasting within the last week. And that's kind of what my life feels like right now. <laughs> the steamed vegetable medley. I haven't eaten anything yet today. After this podcast is done, it's fucking on. <laughs> it's, it's on. It's chow time. I'm just hyped up on coffee. <laughs> yeah. My next question for you is, what's the first comment on Eleanor's Getting Better Facebook post? Do you remember? Were you hacked? Do you remember the name? It's one of her roommates. Was it Brittany? No, the name was Stephanie Keep. Ah. I don't know if that was roommate. one of her roommates. Yeah, uh, but it did like say, it. did you get hacked? I think Stephanie must be a dress bitch. Yeah, sure. I'd give you half or two thirds credit because it was kind of a toughie sure, to remember the name. Yeah, it's a toughie. Mm-hmm. What does Eleanor order at the bar? Uh, when Michael's there? Mm-hmm. Vodka? <laughs> Vodka? One alcohol drink. One alcohol drink. The thing. <laughs> nice. What health problems conflict the environmentalist guy? Do you know his name? I don't know his name. 
No, the sick Victorian boy. What health problems conflict him? He says it. When Eleanor comes to apologize to him, he's like, watch out, I've got... Asthma and polio? No, <laughs> polio. He's got brittle bones and <laughs> calcium oh, deficiency. Oh, calcium deficiency. I do remember that. I've got two more. What about you? I've got kind of a fuck you one next, okay. Zach. Uh, what brand are the slushies at the bar? Oh, man, because I I saw that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a white sign with second. red text. Yeah. Well, one of the letters is red. Is it just one of the letters that's red? I'm mm. not sure. But when you tell... Misty? Close. It's tequila with a K. Oh. T-E-K-I-L-A. How was Misty close? I don't you know. You said I was close. I don't think I was. Did I? It was a lie if I did. Does Misty have any of the... It has T? It's got a T. It has T. There's a T and an I. Actually, I've only got one more question because my next one was the what, what Eleanor ordered at the restaurant. How I'm many sorry. stars did Eleanor's Uber driver get and why? Is it only four because he wouldn't let her stick her head out of the moonroof? <laughs> that's not how many stars. That's the reason. Three stars. That took three him down stars. to three. That's I my it. trivia. What do you got? I have three more for you. I'm going to rapid mm-hmm. fire. Uh, when was What We Owe to Each Other Part 1 posted? Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Not a clue. March 30th. Did it give a year? Maybe. I don't know. I don't, actually okay. don't think so. I think it just said uploaded March 30th. Interesting. What airline does Eleanor fly on to go to Australia? Wow. Nope. I'm a little bit... I gathered all of this episode. I just took notes on it. But I watched yeah. it really late last night freely mm-hmm. after getting back from my trip. And then I watched it today and took notes. So I had my eyes on my notes mm-hmm. for a lot of the time. So some of these visuals I missed. Mm-hmm. It was a Cantas, Q-A-N-T-A-S. Um, and then here's the last one. What year was St. John's University founded? The Australian St. John's University, I know. obviously. I don't know, so I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess the 1800s. I'm yeah. I'm going to guess 1837. You are one digit off with two Whoa. of your numbers. Oh. So I'm not going to say what direction. 1848. Close, 1826. Hmm. Interesting. And that's, that's my trivia. trivia. Good, you, you that did. was fun. I did yeah. good on the first half. Mm-hmm. Those last couple were kind of tough for me. Yeah, Let's talk I, about I, the episode. Let's this is it. one we've been kind of talking about as we've gotten close to it because it's a big swing that us five years ago weren't mm-hmm. totally sure if it hit. Yeah. Now we know the whole show. Now we have gone back and seen how before this, I don't know, it's... I kind of like how they very, very subtly set up that this was going to happen, mm-hmm. but they kept us in the dark like the humans until it happens. Yeah. And I respect that, even though at too. the time it was like, whoa, what am I watching? What happened to my favorite characters? Mm-hmm. But now I can see, well, they give you some development for your favorite characters real quick. So they can do this huge out-of-nowhere twist and tell a totally different story with two-thirds of the episode. And it's one of those good place things that it's really commendable. Yeah. They were like, this episode is going to be just about Eleanor. It's going to be like the first 15 minutes of this season. For the end of the season, we started with Eleanor. We end with Eleanor. We don't know anything about what's going on with the other characters once this big switch happens. We don't even exactly know 
the setup, the rules, the goal with yeah. them going back. The judge mentions, I have rules, and if I change my mind, I change my mind, which mm-hmm. I don't remember, but I assume that's how we get out of this. I assume the judge changes her mind somehow. I do remember. I do remember. Don't You don't have of, to tell me, but, yeah. but that's what I'm thinking. What do you think of this one, revisiting it? I think revisiting it, they do a really good job of changing what this show normally does, which, is, which normal is a stretch for this show because there's not really a formula, but there kind of is of, okay, we accomplish this, we get here, now we have a choice to make. Mm-hmm. Oh no, this is going to happen, but there's this. like There's always an That's obstacle in the way, and I think that when they set it up to, okay, you guys are all going to go here. I don't know how long it's going to take, but you're all going to be by yourselves. And they're like, well, no, we're not going to be by ourselves. We're going to do this. That doesn't work for us anymore. And then something happens that you don't expect because you're thinking, okay, maybe they're going to fight. They're going to get to go to a medium place together and they're going to have to fight off the bad place. And we'll have like a sitcom episode, a season of them sharing a house. Yeah, exactly. And then boom, we're snapped. We don't know. Are you sent back in time? Is this like all a simulation? Is this, we don't know anything. That's other a good than the point. fact that we see Eleanor. We don't know it at that point. If this means nothing happened. Yeah. Like, did they actually die? Did we just undo their deaths? Not just like what is going to happen next, just uh, whatever happened, what Mm -hmm. does this mean? And we don't get direct answers. No, we don't. And we only get kind of a hint into the facts. I remember the first time I saw this, my first thought was, these people are so far from each other. I don't know if I want to watch a show cut into four segments every week where I'm seeing each of them do what Eleanor is doing for most of this episode. How many times does this show do something and we're like, I don't want to watch this for a whole season. And then the show says, we know. Yeah. Like we have a plan. (laughs) Give us a break. You're right. It's very rare that I feel like the show I'm watching is smarter than I am. And this is one of those shows that manages to outsmart me at every turn. Oh, absolutely. Sure. <laughs> Even revisiting it sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I'm still like, oh, shit. I, like, I, we were talking earlier, you know, we kind of remembered the episode as the first half is going on in the judges' quarters, and then they somehow end up, you know, going back to the thing. I forgot that it was just a sudden snap and you're there, and I forgot that it was, like, seven minutes into the episode. You know, it's really in the first. It's such a clever we're so used to the snap reset as a trope on this show to mm-hmm. the point where they've done it hundreds of times and it's kind of lost the meaning to reset the humans. Yeah. This is something different. They use the same trope to do something else that like drops your jaw instead of doing the same reset again. Let's dive into the episode and talk through it. Let's see what we learn as we discuss it. The episode, mm-hmm. without a previously on, it goes right into Michael presenting his angle that he has for this case of the humans to the judge. He believes that his failed experiment, the neighborhood torturing the humans, has proven with backup that that these humans have changed, they've grown, they've been made better. When put in a situation that's designed for them to fail, they can't help but learn and grow and change. And that leads him to this idea that we've been talking about the last week or two in this episode really touches on before it makes the big snap that this system is flawed. Michael gives this speech here in a second to the judge that is just, you can't deny it. It's flawed. And what is the metric who decided the metric for whether a person is good or bad? And does that work anymore? And did it ever? 
It's a big question, and that's what we're kind of wrestling with in this episode. And I like the angle that the reason what happens happens is because they need some time to figure it out. They don't know what to do either. So it's like, we're going to get rid of you somehow so we can Mm -hmm. try this out. Jason got the flamingo thing. Look at what these people were doing before they were good people. Jason, what did you do after school every day? I emptied spray paint cans at a flamingo. (laughs) And look at them now. Well, actually, I'm pretty good at it. (laughs) And Tahani has a really funny line to him saying, okay, let the immortal beings talk, darling. This is funny. The judge doesn't think that what happens in this made-up fake reality counts. It wasn't time spent on Earth. It can't change what they were judged for, which is their time spent on Earth. She's got a good point. And she says that, you know, they were only growing because they thought there was some reward at the end of it, was her argument. She's like, Moral dessert. Mm -hmm, Moral dessert. Have your your, your Conti cake and eat it conversation to have. If you do something good because you'll get something out of it, have you done something good? And I'm not sure. And it's a question they ask again later on in the third season. Mm -hmm. Yes, third season. They ask that question again. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, a lot of us have in our life, whether it's because you want to end up someplace good or you, you know, we all have different reasons for doing good things. But at the core, is it only because you're scared of what happens if you don't do good things? You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. This is when Michael gives that really great speech because the judge gives Mm -hmm. her side and Michael is so convicted in the way that he disagrees. If I'm right, the system by which we judge humans, that the very method we use to deem them good or bad is so fundamentally flawed and unreasonable that hundreds of millions of people have been wrongly condemned to an eternity of torture. Damn! And that's heavy shit. That hits. Instead of the judge, because it wouldn't make sense if the judge is like, well, this is the system and it is what it Mm -hmm. is, sorry. That works for her. She says, damn, look (laughs) at my goosebumps. That doesn't happen often. And Mm -hmm. that gives us the theme song bit. Now the judge is on their side because Michael has argued in a way to the judge that can't be denied. If only that happened more often down here in the real world. Yeah, if only we all had a white man to come argue on our behalf. Maybe one day. Well, you always do have a white man to come argue on your behalf if you need me. Exactly. I would love to like be in some sort of dire situation and you burst through the door not so fast, buckaroo. Ladies and I've gentlemen of the court. <laughs> <laughs> Zach to a very I'll angry Arby. representing Lady. Stephen Baker today. And he both does you have and your lawyer like, I'm like point number <laughs> Sorry, one. Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> the glove doesn't fit. If someone could help me open my suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> I like open my suitcase and it's just like a bunch of snakes of, from jars that shoot out <laughs> oh my god sorry my papers also i like that we both are so not lawyers that i said suitcase and neither of us thought anything of it instead well of yeah suitcase. it's your suitcase you come in with like just a duffel bag i assume <laughs> lawyers are just traveling a lot well yeah you got to go from case to case who knows where the court's gonna be everything i know about the court is better call saul <laughs> it's okay i learned everything from law and order so <laughs> There's a nice little scene. Was this scene not here for you at all where Tahani and Eleanor have a moment to speak to each other? Yeah, they're on on like a couch or something. Yes. 
Tani's telling Eleanor about seeing her parents and how hard that was for her and how it made her fall back into old habits, kind of giving us a recap and really giving Tahani the only moment that she gets in the episode. I feel mm-hmm. like this is a really expertly placed thing for Eleanor to say, Tahani, you have done so much work and so much growth and we see it and we love it and you're doing a good job. That's her button is that mm. she had this big challenge last week, which kind of is a point towards your the burrito is a season finale point mm-hmm. that that was kind of the climax of her character arc this season. And we get a moment here to sit with that. Eleanor says you've done a good job. And Tahani, for I think the first time, is able to really directly thank Eleanor and say that your friendship has helped me grow and I wouldn't have yeah. been able to do it without your friend. They say it in a sillier way because it's a sitcom. But I think it's the first time that Tahani has really, truly done that. Mm-hmm. I think so. It's really nice. Then Eleanor li- lies on Tahani's shoulders and they make the jokes about her being... Uh, yeah, I can see why they cut this bit because they had your bit. She like lies on her shoulder, and Tani's like, "Well, you know, Vogue voted me the fourth best or the best shoulders for four years in a row." Mm-hmm. And Eleanor says, "Really? Why are you so perfect?" And Tani says something like, "Oh, I'm gaffin. I'm gaffin. It, it was just <laughs> two years, and I doubled it to impress you." I can mm-hmm. see why that would just slice Vogue off. Was cut. Yeah, throw that one in the trash. Jason. And he gets a couple good moments in yeah. in the beginning of this episode. I do want to talk a little bit about whether or not the romantic propositions in the first half mm-hmm. of this episode work as well as they should. Because they happen so fast and without warning that I don't know if they feel like the earned climax for these things we've been waiting a while for. Here's why I will argue that they do work. Please. We know that the episode is going to be 22 minutes. Mm-hmm. They don't, the characters, right? To them, this is the climax. This is, they gave it all, they got denied, they were about to be sent back to the bad place. Michael shows up to save the day. Either he will or he won't succeed in this. So if nothing else, this is going to be the last time that some of them are together in the way that they are right now. So I think that the first one is the one you get to maybe as a reach, like why right now has Janet decided that she understands, but it's Janet. You never know. Janet, she's something new. Like I said, she's not just a Janet anymore. She knows more. And then Chidi's inspired by Janet because Janet literally says, there's no, I've rationalized it to be this. And Chidi's like, ah, rationality. I like that. I can work with those numbers, you know, and then goes and does his thing. So it works for me. I buy it. I think it. what's missing for me is a scene either in, or a moment either in this episode or the previous episode of Janet implying something for Jason. Mm-hmm. Even though they've talked about it a little bit, it would have been nice to have something that builds up to a little bit. And alternatively, it would have been nice for Chidi and Eleanor to get to have a brief conversation about what this means for them after the kiss. Sure. I just kind of feel like both these things happen. They kind of come out of nowhere. The cheaty one feels more earned, but then it's just dropped because the episode goes somewhere else, you know? Mm -hmm. I I don't know. It just is too much, I think. I think this is when I was watching the episode years ago. I wasn't that invested in the love stories. And this episode kind of feels like, if you want to look at it this way, that it's not really that invested in the love stories either. And because it's just so quick and thrown off before they get to the thing that they want to get to. I don't know if I feel that way anymore, but I still feel like it's rushed when it could be a bigger moment for both of these characters. So 
Janet pops up and Jason's reflecting on everything they've been through. Man, think about everything that's happened to us. We died. Michael tortured us. We teamed up with him. We escaped. We went through the portal. Judge ruled against us. Then Michael showed up. This has been one of the craziest years of my life. One of? Yeah, I'm not sure what I would do if one more insane thing happened. Hi, Jason. I love you. Oh, word? Word. Word. I really like that. Janet has been saying to herself that she needs time to decide what these feelings mean and if she should say something and who she is and what she wants to do. But she's also come to realize that she's kind of used that as a crutch to avoid saying anything, to to keep her feelings at bay. And now that she realizes that this is one of the last times they might speak to each other, that she has to tell him. I mean, the speech does a lot of the heavy lifting for mm -hmm. the why. I think it's just the pacing. Sure, And I'll, I'll buy that. Chidi, during this, it's funny... It's so easy to see the parallels of what Janet is saying to to Jason is exactly what's been going on with Chidi and Eleanor. So we get Chidi looking over Eleanor and thinking a little bit about their situation. And Chidi says something, like interrupts their conversation and is like, or your, your stomach hurts so much it's like a fork in a garbage disposal. And Janet says, okay, whatever. You're, you're, you're really not really a part, a part of this, of this Chidi. <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah, it was funny. Because even Janet's like, Chidi, get your shit together. This is not you. Like, this is... <laughs> also, I think another place. thing that doesn't work for me is Jason's lack of agency here. I know he's simple, lovable Jason, but he just says, I think I love you too. Sure. You know what I mean? It's, it, I, I don't feel like Jason was thinking about this at all. No. And he probably wasn't, but I think I would have liked if he was. That's fair. But you have to remember, Jason doesn't remember being in love with Janet. No, but he Janet. knows. And I, you have to think that he's been looking at Janet with the same way that Eleanor has been looking at Chidi with the sure. uh, information of something that she doesn't remember that uh, you've got to think he's got to look at her and think Is, maybe, huh? Apparently. I don't know. And I think he, he does when they yeah. were on the train to the bad place, there was a little bit of chemistry moment, but they haven't sure. seen each other. Yeah, that's true. Jason then. said that she was sexy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chidi, in this moment, is convicted and walks up and decisively kisses Eleanor. I think that moment is really great. Mm -hmm. I think it's so good when we get these moments. Usually, Chidi they could walk Eleanor. up and grab my face and kiss me anytime he wants. Yeah, when Chidi, especially if you know him to be this anxious guy, when he's like so sure of something that he's just gonna do it, hot. Two thumbs diggity up. Absolutely. Hot I think the hot diggity dog, dog is, right. is a little dumb. I like it better when Michael says it, and I Eleanor says, "That's what I said." So at this moment, just after the kiss, they don't get a chance to really say anything but, like, make googly eyes at each other. Mm -hmm. The judge and Michael walk in, and they've got their ideas. Did yours have Maya Rudolph's line about chips and guac? Yeah, I thought that was really funny. Was really funny. She's like, uh, okay. Two questions. One, uh, if I set out chips and guac, would anybody eat some? It's homemade. It's really good. It's really good. Okay, yeah. two. Second thing. <laughs> here's what <laughs> They've come to funny. a solution. Michael and the judge, each of the humans are going to get their own medium place while he works on a plan to get them to the real good place. And similarly, you think to yourself, I could see that happening. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to watch a show where they're all split up and doing their own thing in their separate yeah. uh, medium place. I don't know. And that's exactly what they say. They won't be together. They may be stuck there for a million years. That sounds awful. And mm -hmm. Eleanor is not afraid to say it. She says, I hate both these options. They suck. 
and along with this, she says that Chidi and her kissed and that she doesn't want to be apart from him or from them. And Michael also has his hot diggity dog moment. And that's what I said. <laughs> now, Zach, I this mm-hmm. kind of begs the question because we don't ever get this answer on what the medium place would look like for each of the characters. Do you know what a medium place for you would look like? Like, I feel like for you, it'd be, you know, you'd be by yourself, you'd be in a place. What would the one mid movie for you that like... Medium you place will... would be like, you can spend your whole afterlife watching TV and movies. But it's but this show on loop. It's the filmography. It's the lower half of the filmography of Adam Sandler and yeah. just the Big Bang Theory and the King of Queens. Oh, King of Queens isn't that bad. I think it might be. Is it? I liked it when I was a kid. I think it might be that bad. Like, it's got but, uh, Jerry, Jerry Stiller. Jerry Seinfeld's dad. Or J- nope. Stiller, that's what it is. He plays George's dad on <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Stiller, yes. Jerry Stiller's funny. Okay. That's fair. I feel like for me, it'd be like I can watch unlimited anime, but it'd be like the most 5 out of 10 anime that I've ever seen. Like something like Sing Yesterday for me that I like don't like the ending, and I don't really like most of the characters, but I like watched it. I think it could be that, just on loop. I feel like it would be worse than that, though. They'd make you think you're going to get anime, but it would only be, like, adult American animated shows that only lasted 13 episodes or something. Mm, All you get is Alan Gregory. Oh. Remember that one? No. Jonah Hill. Wow. Recently canceled Jonah Hill stars as a boss baby type guy, I think. Yikes. Pre-boss baby. Eleanor has a great point. He's been shut down, huh? Yeah, they don't like him these days. Fast. Quickly. Done. Enough. Yeah. I think there's something to read into that situation. Not that anything discounts actions, which seems to be true. Mm -hmm. He was this chubby guy in Hollywood. He was this thing. And I do not doubt that the scrutiny that him, his health, his weight loss, his journey gave him a weird complex. Mm Mm-hmm. I believe that there's mental illness and what he has been put under will add to that. Not that it negates any of the stuff, but part of me does feel like a little sorry for him. Not really bad for him, but I feel sorry for him a little. Does that make sense? I don't know enough, but I've seen, all I've seen is like, and I don't know enough either. That were not super nice. Right. I just, I feel like I can see the path that led someone to become that guy. If you leak our texts between each other one more fucking time. Oh, they're bad. Yeah. They're bad. Stop leaking our Just shit. Just saw Barbie. Really enjoyed it. 11.30 for the pre-show. See you then. Bad <laughs> stuff. Bad stuff. Eleanor has a great point. She doesn't think it's fair. She doesn't think it's justice if they're the ones that are punished for a system that is flawed. And all of this is just, I don't know, Chang's held a prison and it just tracks word yeah. for word it's not fair it's not justice if a person is punished because the system is flawed in a way that doesn't allow for them to be treated correctly mm-hmm. you know what Preach. i mean it's just just yeah. truths spoken and i i like this show more now that i'm diving deep into those thoughts about it genuinely absolutely that's one of the things that i kind of got but didn't get to this extent how pretty blatant some of it is that i'm mm-hmm. learning to deeply appreciate about the show this time absolutely but the judge also has a point that they didn't pass her test that literally just happened and they only seem to do good things and to grow and to change when they think it's going to lead to them being rewarded them getting their mm-hmm. moral desserts we're talking about here but michael believes and this is what leads to the big thing that on earth they could have been good if they just had a push 
in the right direction. Bum, bum, bum. I love how vague this scene is. I love how you don't know what's going on. I like how you're... I just unplugged my headphones. Hold, hold, hold. I did it with my little toes. Well, Zach can't hear me right now. I was going to say he's a fucking bitch. Zach's a fucking bitch. I like how this whole sequence, <laughs> you don't know what's going on. You're excited because the judge and Michael are getting excited. You know something's up and you're like, come on, tell us, tell us. And that's what this whole scene is. And they drag it on long enough that I think really works. You know, I think so too. And I don't remember... If I like had a thought the first time I watched it, because obviously now we know what happens, but they play it off would. so well. I don't think I did. Because I know I didn't expect them to all come back to life. Yeah. And certainly. that's kind of where the problem lies is when television shows, movies, when they say someone can die and then come back, that kind of kills the stakes. It does. Look, it's the Dragon Ball Z thing. You know, when characters died originally in the show, it was like, oh, fuck, this is a massive thing. And they're like, ah, we wish him back. It's fine. And they do it every time. So now when Our someone dies like in that Supernatural, show. I feel like, was a show that did stuff like that a sure, lot. Sure, I never watched Supernatural. Uh, Charmed used to do that constantly. Yeah. I Piper think this dies like eight times on Charmed. The exception. Yeah, this is the one time it works. Because the story is about life and death and about mm-hmm. afterlife and about rebirth. And it makes sense. But at the time, I was irked because it made me think that way. It's like, yeah. oh, what? So they can just go back and like none of the, I, I didn't like that at first, but I really like this scene now. The judge knows what Michael's saying and is hard against it. The humans are confused. You start to pick up little details when Michael's saying stuff like it's only four humans and it's clearly the best way to see if bad people can become good people without knowing anything about what's waiting for them in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. That's the tell there. So Jason, <laughs> through all this, is like, I want shotgun, whatever that whatever is. Whatever we're doing, I'm doing, I want shotgun. And if it doesn't work, Michael poses back to the bad place for them. No one gets hurt except for the humans forever. And, and also probably, probably him me. forever. Yeah. <laughs> I like how, because it's Maya Rudolph who has this signature delivery Something really big is hanging in her hands right now. And the way that she goes, um, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> it's like so lackadaisical when it's such a big deal. I love how casual she plays the judge because mm-hmm. the first vision of, and this is so to be impartial. Smart. Because the first vision of a judge that we get in this show was Sean pretending. And Sean is very straight down the middle. This is how things are. Because that's just how he is in the bad place. He's yeah, very flat. You're right. And so then we get the real judge, who's the total flip, that's Maya Rudolph, who she's funny, she jokes around, she, like, flirts with Chidi a little bit sometimes. Like, she's really funny, and she's not this super serious being, because she knows that she doesn't have to be, because Mm -hmm. she's kind of all-powerful and can do anything, it seems, even more than Michael can with her snap ability, so it, I, I think it's a really smart choice to have her play it. And it's I'm sure it's something that Maya Rudolph had some sort of input in or something that she brought to the table. And, and they knew what they were doing it. when they cast her, too. Because mm-hmm. they probably just said, like, how would you do this? And so she does it in a very Maya Rudolph way, and it works really well. Yeah. She does the whole, hmm, and then she decides, yep, you know what? Let's do it. Then mm-hmm. quickly, Michael jumps into action. He like beckons Janet over. He's he's moving and shaking, trying to think, okay, this is happening. What are we going to mm-hmm. do? What does this mean? 
And still nobody knows what's going on except for the two of them, the judge and Michael. Mm -hmm. The judge starts mentioning that, okay, but we've got to do this by my rules and I have the right to change my mind at any time. And at that moment, Eleanor starts complaining. She's like, let me know what's going on. What's going on here? Who gives you the right? You've got it. And then the judge snaps in the middle of her sentence, white. For an extended second, like a little bit longer. longer. white, because it's a bigger process than just resetting the neighborhood. We get a lot of that iconic, good place image of Eleanor's eyes close up, waking up. Mm -hmm. But that's not really what it is here. She's not waking up. She's already awake. She is in her death scene, at -hmm. her death moment. She's yelling at the environmental guy. We've seen this scene so many times. I think it's really cool how that was... Two years ago in production sense, and they're able yeah. to recontextualize and add bits to that scene and have it be seamless. It's really, really, really well done. It's it really like you, you, you when you like watch a show, like I'll say The Office or something, where in like the opening credits, there's like a visual and then you'll actually see that in the episode like mm-hmm. years, years later. Like it's very like they couldn't have filmed that ahead of time but they redo it in a way that's like oh wow they had this plan from the beginning yeah the good place so many times is like oh wow they had this plan from the yeah. beginning well they had and, to they yeah had to and it's it's so it's it i don't know it's just really impressive to me like you said there's like a two-year gap in the production of the first episode or when you first see eleanor's death scene to now and it's it's seamless it feels like it was like you're being put back in that exact moment not a recreation of that exact moment I'm sure that partly has to do with why they decided this show's got to be four seasons, Mm -hmm. short seasons, because they can't look that much older at the end of it. Yeah. That's kind of the point, right? So she's yelling at the environmental guy outside the grocery store. She drops the margarita mix. She goes to reach for it while she's complaining. She's about to be hit by the carts when a man, first when you see the shot of someone crouching to save her, it does not look like it could be Ted Danson at all. And then when you see the guy like from behind as he's walking away, it does then look like Ted Danson. So this man, probably Michael, gives her a push in the right direction and saves her. Eleanor then walks into her roommates. Did you know what show they were watching by chance? Um, they were watching like, reality TV. Yeah, it looked kind of like either Bachelory or yeah. I didn't know what it was. Uh, I Real thought Housewives maybe you would. Like that. I saw wine. And so that <laughs> she walks in and they're watching TV, and Eleanor's changed. Her mm-hmm. world just completely changed, but her roommates have not gone through anything. And she's no. trying to explain this like spiritual experience she just had, but her roommates are just so vain and can't take anything seriously. <laughs> like the ones like, so is the margarita mix like gone? That's what she's worried <laughs> about. I love the roommates near death experience stories. That feels really, it's extreme, but relatable mm-hmm. when someone's like, this traumatic thing happened to me and I'm explaining it to you. It's human nature to then know something that's happened to you that you can relate to it. And most times we can't help but interject ourselves. But say it and like, be like, oh, yeah, oh, well, well, this is just yeah. like the time that my goldfish died. Sorry mm-hmm. about your 18-year-old son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what it's like to lose something close to you, but yeah. it gets easier day by day. I lost one of my favorite manga volumes. Once. <laughs> yeah, I'm Sorry sure you'll find your, your kid. Grandma. I found my manga. It was just in my closet. Did you look there? <laughs> I had a near-death experience recently. You know that old warehouse that burned down last month and like four people died? That building is like right by my old dentist. If I still went to that dentist and I had an appointment that day, I would have been like right near there. I was in Syracuse, New York, like two weeks before 9-11. No way! Yeah, 
14 days. I can't believe we all almost died. I know. Like... Yeah, so I think that's a really funny bit. Their experiences. And then there's a zoom on Eleanor who's just kind of having this like, I can't stand these people anymore. I don't, mm-hmm. I, this is not what I want to be. So Eleanor, over in a montage, a really nice montage, she cleans up her pigsty room. She writes a Facebook post, which I think is so funny that they use this Facebook post not as a tongue-in-cheek joke. Yeah. Eleanor is totally the type of person that would announce that via I'm Facebook. I'm changing my life for the better. Yeah, I don't think Starting that's a point today... in the good direction. I think that's bad. <laughs> I think doing that is probably bad. <laughs> yeah. I'm a good person now. Sorry if you hate me. That's on you now because I'm totally great. Facebook is the social media that I get on the least, probably of the three that I do have. And it's the one that I always think it's funny when I see people posting things that like they may be saying to themselves, but it's clearly like I'm saying this out loud to get a reaction from people like I'm cutting off everyone. That's not really for me. If you're just here to you're get something for me. You're one of the real me. ones if you can see yeah. this. I'm, I have mixed opinions on it. You know, I used to feel a little bit more that way, but I've softened and been like. Social media is there for people to use it how they want. And if people sure. want to use it to vent and say whatever they want, if I want to post my butt, want, that's fine. Spread open. Occasionally, no one can stop me. you're good at not doing this, but I think most people, either occasionally or frequently, can't help but let it rip on something. Sure. I am always like preaching to people, like, calm down a little bit, just like take it easy. And then I'll see the comment that I just can't help in a thread, but be like, well, actually, <laughs> the Muppet movie. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Oh, I will jump in on some anime sure. comments on Facebook and take people to fucking task. Or nowadays, just like old attention reaction grabby people sure. that making conservative alt-right stupid comments. Well, I think that's why Facebook exists is to <laughs> shit on the Twitter. radical right. Yeah. Oh, to shit on the radical right. To be mm. able to access them and yeah. shit on them. Yeah, that's, that's true. right. Well, because I'm not going to see him in person. What am I going to a clan rally later? But I'm hey As she puts the post up and the comment says, did you get hacked? Which I thought was really funny. Immediately, mm-hmm. just quick. Did you get hacked? <laughs> uh, one of her roommates comes in and says, can I use your credit card? You know what? Yeah, sure. Cool. It's for porn. And I already, I already used did. It. <laughs> and we see this repeat. Eleanor wakes mm-hmm. up in the morning. She's still committed. She shows up to her awful job. We see the boss again. I've thought that boss has been funny every other time. I did not find anything he did this time funny. He was a little bit, I think because it wasn't a flashback, it was a little too present. And he was very well, clearly like a really that's sc- what it is. creepy, scary He always says guy. stuff like that. I think it's more mm-hmm. just the diminishing return. Sure. Like that's only funny the first and second time. Not now it's third. like, oh, you're stretching to. But the seventh time, it's going to be hilarious, it's Zach. Be it comes killer. back around. Eleanor knows this is wrong. She's not into this. She can't. And she doesn't have to say it because the boss like, oh, yeah, you can't do this. You don't want to do it. You quit. I get it. I'm going to need your ID, your parking pass, and your panties. And that's not. I did think it was kind of. A little funny. Funny when he's like, it's not sexual. She's like, are you wearing a wire? Oh, yeah. I'm helping the feds take this place down. Great timing on your part. I think that's really funny. That bit's funny. Mm-hmm. actually it's not harassment because she doesn't work here anymore <laughs> but then he kills it with like the and i want to thank you for wearing open toe shoes that's not well, that wasn't in mine oh yeah he says that to that would have like, killed it for thank me. you yeah. for working here and thank you for wearing open-toed shoes yikes yeah maybe that's why i, th- I thought it was a little funnier than you did because i didn't maybe. have an extra bit to just an extra bit it. to kill it i wrote mm-hmm. in my notes the open toe shoes thing with a bunch of question marks <laughs> yeah that that would have been a ooh. 
she tells him that he should get better and then immediately shows that she needs to get better because when who is it laura well someone asks her about laura's Laura's baby shower baby shower if you're Mm -hmm. gonna go she can't help but roast the concept of Mm -hmm. it but then makes the decision to change and it just creates a really awkward moment (laughs) when she's like assortment of brownies that i'm gonna bring and the other person's like sure you know it's just really yeah, awkward she's like she's oh trying. you're gonna what do you uh can you bring something to eat she's like well, why don't you eat my, eat my ass assortment of yeah. brownies sure it works it's funny she's trying mm-hmm. but she's got to fight that urge yeah it doesn't come naturally if you're used to just responding to things that way all the time mm-hmm. so eleanor comes back to that grocery store where she almost died at another time and the environmentalist guy i wish i knew his name but i don't is really guard up around Eleanor both mentally and physically thinks that she might like charge at him might fight him or something but she's here to apologize and it's nice and it's a hesitant apology you can tell that she's not in in much practice of apologizing (laughs) to people and he hesitantly accepts and she genuinely asks him for help and to help me give a crap about the environment is what Mm -hmm. she says and that's nice she joins the cause that's when we get the first shot of Michael and Janet watching the ticker tape of the humans and Michael seeing something nice, seeing yeah. a change and having a positive look. I think that's a really neat runner that doesn't completely remove us from what happened before. Absolutely. It kind of keeps us tied in and reminds us, okay, this is what's happening. Is part of we something. see, I think at that point we see maybe like Jason or Chidi's name too. Mm-hmm. On the ticket, so like, okay, everyone's got their thing. They're keeping tabs on how they're doing. This is what's going on. Yeah. And I remember the first time I watched the episode thinking, okay, this is what's happening. There's not enough time in the rest of this episode for us to check in on everyone, is there? And nope. then there we sure don't. isn't. Yeah. So we get another montage, and Eleanor keeps trying. You know, she listens to her mm-hmm. friend, the environment guy, as, as they become more friendly. She speaks on behalf of the environment to people in public, and she passes out flyers enthusiastically and is, like, making connections and getting people to listen to her. I really love the shot without dialogue of her, like, in a meeting rap session, mm-hmm. and she, like, like, speaks up, and up. then the person's like, yeah, that's a good point, and they start writing down what she says. I think that tells a story of time having passed without saying anything. I think that's super smart. We see her when she's sitting at a park bench doing something on her own. If she notices someone throws something on the ground, she's now the type of person who'll pick it up and throw it away, Mm -hmm. which I think is a great person to be. It's really shitty how people just throw shit wherever they want. I hate it. I'm sure in Chicago, it's just everywhere. Or is it not so bad because there's like street cleaners and stuff? It's not so bad. Chicago's relatively clean compared to other... I've been to New York is my only really comparable city and i've been to paris which is like i guess a big city is comparable and chicago is the cleanest of those three new york is the dirtiest by far new york is pretty filthy yeah what about new orleans new orleans pretty gross when i went and it was prime summertime Mm -hmm. it was pretty gross in the spring it wasn't so bad summertime new orleans was pretty disgusting at night because the street was just vomit but then at like 5 a.m they send street cleaners down like all of the which is also kind of gross. Which but is because then, then it's, it's just good. wet shit everywhere. But then it's fine by like noon, crystal clear. Beautiful town for about yeah. three hours a day. Yeah, there's like a a window. A window. Like, wow, there's I can pocket. see the history here. And then in like six minutes, there's like a big guy in flip flops throwing up while eating a beignet. So you know what can you do? 
Eleanor here, she meets her roommates for dinner. And they're clowning her as a lot of friends do. And this is a stupid thing that you shouldn't do to people when they say, I'm trying not to eat meat. They clown her for it. And they're like, oh, mm. what? You're trying to save animals? Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, actually. I, I also thought it was actually subtly really important that this network sitcom on NBC speaks a line that says the best way to lower your carbon footprint is to stop eating meat. I feel like that's a political catchy thing to say. I feel like it's an important message if it gets through to you. And I feel like it's kind of subtly cool and kick-ass that they snuck it into the show. I wonder if that line was cut from mine. Damn. Um, I remember they're like, oh, is it because no. you're little in cages so we can eat them? And Eleanor's like, actually, yes. And then I think the next really line that's said is the, the dress bitch thinking. Yeah. Th- I love so you, I don't, dumb I don't sluts. remember anything about a carbon footprint. Now it's paying Damn. pretty close attention during that scene. That so sucks. Before I you give it was NBC the credit, I don't think Fucking that they left corporations. That NBC was like, carbon, get that shit out. <laughs> So the roommate who was the dress bitch. Keep eat my ass, but get... get I also like something about this episode that it really trusts that the audience remembers the history. Yeah, it does. It's been a while since we've seen the dress bitch situation. And here it comes back in an important moment and they don't just like re-explain it. No, they don't. She says thank you to her friends for standing by her this year. I love the, I love you, you dumb sluts. And Eleanor can't help but tell the truth because she is changing. And, of course, she needs to tell the truth. She comes clean, says that she was the one who lied about the dress, that she and the other roommate made the T-shirts, and they did Mm -hmm. keep all the money. (laughs) They definitely kept and spent all the money. And Eleanor apologizes. And then the, the other roommate says, thank you. That took a lot of courage. Your honesty is admired. And the stupid skank is a disgusting <laughs> hag and has to move out forever. But right, Eleanor still feels right glad now. that she told the truth. We'll learn later on in the episode that this kind of stuff wears down on Eleanor and she can't mm-hmm. take it. But at this point, she still feels convicted to tell the truth even if there's consequences. And it's nice. Yeah. So Eleanor gets a new place. And I thought it had a nice mirror to when she emancipated herself as a young person Mm -hmm. and had her place with all the boxes she gets a new place and she keeps trying but she's still with the same roommate though one of them one of them right but she's that shot of her in bed with all her boxes and yeah her room isn't put together yet it reminded me of the emancipation of really putting yourself out there and like a turning point in life and the, Mm -hmm. the type of person you're gonna become But people aren't taking as many of her flyers these days and it's starting to kind of get to her. And we see Michael also is reading the ticker tape and kind of getting discouraged at the lack of movement. I really love how we keep getting these shots of Eleanor's eyes. We see when she's frazzled. They Mm -hmm. did a good job of like putting her hair in front of her eyes sometimes to convey different things. She starts sleeping in her meetings because she's not taking it as as seriously and she's not taking as good of care of herself. And then kind of the thing that sets it over the edge is that while she's in a parking lot, she dings a car. And I thought it was going to be that she drives away and that's what it, mm-hmm. it sets her off a cliff. But she doesn't. She does the right thing. She leaves a nice note with her name and phone number. And then the people sue her and mm-hmm. say that they, they gave whiplash. her whiplash when she wasn't even in the car. Wild. 
and she's being sued for it. And her roommate says, you should have just done what everybody else does. Just drive away and don't say anything. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Eleanor can't argue with that. She says, I know. I should have done that. But I'm trying to be good. This is showing that she's trying to be good, but she does not have the conviction anymore. Mm-hmm. She does not And her friend really kind of laughs it. in her face and is like... How's that working like, out for yeah. you? Yeah. Which kind of causes Eleanor to think like, well, how is it working out for yeah, me? It's I not. I am broke. I now lost a friend. I am not doing sued. the good like, work I thought I was going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's that working out for you? And it causes Michael to throw down the tape and defeat. He's like, not really throw it down, but he sets it down. I was like, well, I can't even read this right now. What am mm-hmm. I looking at? The next scene, I had to take a screenshot of it because it was so funny. It's her sitting down reading a magazine and it's the celebrity baby. Celebrity baby plastic surgery. Yeah. And first of all, on the back cover of the magazine is a alcohol ad and it's the the name john ralphio john ralphio like oh really that's fucking hilarious and then on the celebrity baby cover it's like exclusive maverick spelled with an h and an y and all these weird letters maverick's three million dollar makeover from fugly to worse botox (laughs) lip fillers tooth implants hair plugs earlobe (laughs) contouring and more then on the side, the other stories, Olivia, desperate to hide botched ear tuck. And it's like pictures of babies. Here's one of a baby so flexing. Funny. And it doesn't really say, but it says trend bicep. And the one on the <laughs> bottom, it's a girl reaching her arms out and it says elbow Botox. Totally worth it. It's, I That's think hilarious. It's really funny. And the Jean Ralphio is a really nice little Easter egg if you by chance mm-hmm. haven't caught that before. I thought that was really great. Eleanor's environmentalist friend, her kind of boss, shows up and knocks on the door and asks Eleanor how she's been and why she hasn't been showing up because even though it doesn't pay much, it is a job and people count on her and she's been Mm -hmm. letting them down. Eleanor says, I don't care. I ate vegetables for the first time in my life and I had diarrhea for a week. It's true. First time in her life. That's intense. For Mm -hmm. someone with such a a slender and and built and and carved – physique that's true eleanor is one of those blessed people like steven that just mm-hmm. somehow hey mine's slowing down i'm uh you know you can't see it here but i've got those squidward thighs from when he tries a krabby patty for the first time oh yeah yeah just lifting up the table well i don't know man speaking of legs. squidward thighs there's that part in barbie where it shows margot robbie's leg and she's supposed to have cellulite and everyone's like ew gross and i was like humming i was humming. like so who cares? A little more to love. Give me Nothing more. That. Eleanor's roommate comes in and interrupts them because she's got. It took me a second to really catch this, but she's got tickets <laughs> to see Taylor Split. Split. Oh, because you don't use subtitles. Yeah. Well, I heard the Jamaican. What was it? A reggae band. It's a reggae cover band. They're terrible. Doing Taylor Swift songs. They're terrible. I did not hear Split the first time. Mm-hmm. That just sounds really funny. I'd probably go to that. Just oh hell for the yeah! Novelty. That'd be so much fun. She thinks Eleanor does. She, Eleanor thinks that sounds more fun, and so she ditches work. She ditches the guy. She's been being good for so long. She just wants to have fun. She's only mm-hmm. getting consequences for her good behavior. What's the point? Being good is for suckers. What do you even get out of it? A feeling of fulfillment in your soul. Gross. That's the grossest sentence I've ever heard, okay? I quit. Eat my farts, Benedict Cumberbatch. I still think he's kind of hot. I guess, in like a sick Victorian boy kind of way. Ooh, yeah, 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 I want to like feed him soup. Sick burn. 
in the Good Place Facebook groups, the part here where he leaves and the roommate says, he, you know, he's kind of hot. And she's like, I guess. It's like, no, like in a weird, sick Victorian way. I want to mm-hmm. feed him soup. That's a yeah. meme format in the Good Place Facebook groups of people looking sick and wanting to feed them soup. Be fed soup. Mm-hmm. So like Eleanor's that. back at work at the same job. The boss says something like, you've been sleeping your way to your position. It makes me feel really sad for Eleanor. She definitely had sex with the boss. Oh, that's not in, that wasn't in my. I feel all. like it might be. It was kind of a easy to miss thing when she's back, when it's like healthcare university, that scene. Yeah, that's not in mine at all. Like, she really? comes back and he, like, he's explaining the concept well, no, that's, yeah, of the that, college. Right. And she's exactly. like, Ponzi scheme and the Ponzi scheme. And he's like, yeah, nice. But the very first thing she says is, Eleanor, I'm glad to have you back. You slept your way to your window or something, like, like quick while they're walking in the beginning. It might have yeah, been. Yeah, that's there. not in mine. It might have been. start, like, stationary it talking. It might have been. I guys, know it tell wasn't. Tell us if it was in there. But it made me feel bad for her if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Now this place isn't the... Don't you dare insinuate that my Eleanor had sex. Nasapro? It it was Health E University. No, before. Uh, Ah, Nasapro, I think. Right. And now it's Healthcare University, I think. Health E University. Health E University. It's a Ponzi scheme inside one that's really just teaching people to sell and scam people with supplements and making it look like a a college. It's a real Trump University Mm -hmm. kind of thing. That might have even been the, the joke a little bit. I think Probably so. This is post-2016. Right. And there's this thing about how he can't be arrested. Do you remember what it was? Well, he he's says, in witness protection, so he right. can't be convicted of a crime. Which isn't true. And she's like, I don't think that's true at all. But she doesn't care. Where's my desk? Just point me the direction. Cut to Michael, who says to Janet, you know what the problem is, right? Janet says, yeah, but you can't do anything. But he does. He does. This is a big scene. This is another thing that I want to talk about. Whether it works or not, kind of. It sets a precedent that's carried on in the third season, so it works for me. Eleanor and her roommate show up at a bar. Her roommate leaves quickly, and it seems like they've been drinking. It's after the show, probably, right? It's after the Taylor Swift concert, and they show up at this bar. Maybe it's a different day, because it's it's a year after Eleanor's been there, so it's her birthday again. That's true. It's her birthday. That's right. They've been celebrating her birthday. Mm-hmm. Her roommate, though, she doesn't stay because her boyfriend's wife is out of town. Yeah. So, so she leaves go. to take care of that. She ditches Eleanor at the bar alone on her birthday. And before we see the bartender, she just kind of starts talking out loud about mm-hmm. how she wants a drink. And it's my birthday. Give me a free drink if you want. Usually I lie and say that. But this time it's, but actually, today it's my actually my birthday. And she kind of pines about trying to be good and how it hasn't worked out for her in the way that she thought that it might. And at this moment, the bartender, Michael, classic bartender Sam Malone from Cheers, hey. Ted dancing back behind the bar with the rag the above rag. his shoulder. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So that counts as an Easter egg? I think it's too obvious to just be an Easter egg, but I think it works. Well, not everyone has seen Cheers or knows no. Cheers or knows who Ted Danson is. That's true. But that's not really, I don't know. It's not like a blink and you miss it thing. That's just more either you know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. Either you get it or you don't. She descri- <laughs> There's a commercial, and then it cuts to Eleanor drunkenly describing the plot of Kangaroo Jack to Michael. He's <laughs> like, and that's She's like, I don't know why for... I started that. And he's like, me neither. It's, it's unclear. unclear. <laughs> Eleanor thinks that what she's learned is that nobody cares if you're a good person or not. She felt okay about being a good person, but she didn't get anything out of it. And Michael explains to her the concept we've been talking about this whole episode of moral dessert, which she's on board for. She thinks that sounds great. She wants something good for being good. But mm-hmm. Michael brings up the point that maybe 
six months of being a good person or a year. I guess that doesn't really Six quite months work of being out. a good person. She did it for six months and then she's been kind of in between Bad for six, six months. Yeah. Versus 34 years, we learned that she's 34, I think, for the first time here. Probably. Am I wrong? I don't know. Who's counting? The the six months don't negate 34 years of bad behavior. And he recommends that there's a lot of great writing about it, that he's been getting really into ethics. There are a lot of cute moments in this scene where Michael, Eleanor says something and Michael reacts to it in a knowing way because it's mm-hmm. Eleanor and he knows Eleanor. But of course, Eleanor doesn't know that. I think he laughs a couple times at her being like a oh, classic Eleanor. And I think it's cute. I like it. Because, like, he knows her, but she doesn't know him. Right. And it's cool to but see But immediately him... feels comforted by him. Yeah. What were you saying? I like that, you know, he's able to converse with her in such a way that's like, I'm guiding you and I'm helping you. But he's mm-hmm. also kind of, I don't know, I think he he's so proud of the her that she became. And seeing her in person like this reinforces that for him. I agree. It's really cute. Mm-hmm. And he tells Eleanor exactly what she told him not that long ago about how he had this friend that had a voice in her head that talked to her when she did something wrong. And when she started doing the right thing, the voice went away and she felt better for it. And how that could be a reward for doing good things. Mm-hmm. That you don't have to feel bad because you're not doing things that make you feel bad. And Eleanor says what? She says, I think your friend's one pickle short of a pickle party. Mm-hmm. And then she says, I might have alcohol poisoning, which I thought was really <laughs> funny. And Michael talks her up and says, you know, my friend was rough around the edges, but when she tried, she was a really good person, which we've seen Mm -hmm. all season. How many times have we given Eleanor the good place spot? She, yeah, she, she's trying. And when she tries, she does well. She succeeds and, and she should try because look at what she can do when she changes, when she's brave enough to change. Eleanor has to go home and asks what she owes for her drinks. And Michael has the Zen Buddha <laughs> moment where he says, the real question is, what do we owe to each other? Eleanor says, She's am like, I a bartender? Did I make you a drink? <laughs> Drinks are on me. Good luck, is what Michael says, which I mm-hmm. think is a cute. Drinks are yeah. on me. Good luck. Drinks are on the house. Then the next day, Eleanor groggily wakes up, hungover. Michael, meanwhile, is checking the ticker tape again. Eleanor takes out her laptop and she gets online and she sees it's been a year since she made that Facebook post. And it kind of, I guess, reminds her of what she talked about the night before. Mm-hmm. You know? And because of that, she remembers the conversation and she looks up, what do we owe each other? And for some what reason... What we owe to each other is what, what she searched, Zach. Not what do we owe each other. She, okay. Can you what fix that? What we owe to each other, Cher. Hey. She's still here. We couldn't let her go. Too much she, We tried. She said, her hearing these days is bad. We fired her. She can't hear it. I wrote her a letter of of being fired, and there weren't enough emojis for her to understand. Yeah. The English alphabet does not mean anything to share. Here's what I think. I love the moment that this episode ends on, Mm -hmm. both with Chidi and Eleanor and with Michael. I think it's a stretch that she Googles it. The first thing that comes up is Chidi's long-ass speech, and Eleanor is so instantly... That's not the first thing. That but comes it's up. on the first page. Well, sure. And the Eleanor we, is like instantly transfixed into it the way that she is. There's no chance that she doesn't watch like three minutes of it and turn it off immediately. She was about to until the one of the first things he said. I know. Was that I just think voice, it's a little. Zach. I She's, watched the episode. She is bored. She I'm not is telling about you that that didn't off. happen. I'm She's telling like, oh, you that it didn't fest. completely work for me. 
And then she heard something that pertained directly to her, and then she became invested. Eleanor also, Scott. if you have someone that looks like Cheedy giving the long speech, you're much more likely to keep watching. That's a good idea, and maybe if she had been like, I'm bored, but let's see what this surprisingly jack hunk. You know, I think I would have liked a second like that. So you want to be handheld through this I think Chidi should always be ogled and treated as an item. Well, yeah. Look at him. Correct. Look at him. Look at him. Just look at him. She gets really invested in what he's talking about because it is directly about what she's been thinking and mm-hmm. discussing lately. And she watches the whole thing. We get different shots of her. I don't know, the one of her like looking off and, and just amazed wonder. I don't know about that. But I like seeing shots of her like she's got her dinner and she's eating her dinner and continuing mm-hmm. to watch it. I thought that was really nice. Chidi is able to convince her by the end of it, as Chidi always can, that she should try to be good for other people. That's why you do it. Not to get a reward, but to, like, give out what you want to get. The other people deserve good, so give it to them, like, regardless mm-hmm. of what they're going through. Not for your – don't do it for yourself. At this time, Eleanor's roommate walks in and calls her Dongbait. That's what it is. Dongbait. Dongbait. And I like she says, time is booze. Hurry up. But she's not going out with her. She's going mm-hmm. somewhere else. Heyo, that's the name they said the thing. This is the last scene of the episode. Immediately, we get Eleanor leaving what airport in Australia? I don't know the airport. She flew on the airline. Something with a Q airline. Okay. You don't remember that either, do you? No. She gets off of the plane. She gets in the cab, and she asks to be taken to what university? St. John's? St. John's. St. John's University. I believe I was born at St. John's Hospital. Nice. I believe. In Australia? Yeah. Crikey. Yeah, Chidi uh, <laughs> delivered me. <laughs> yeah, he's that kind of doctor. Mm-hmm. Did your episode have the moment where Eleanor's outside on the campus and some guy comes up to her and says, want to talk to God? No. I didn't get it. She, okay, she gets off the cab. She, or she gets on the cab, asks to be taken to the university, gets there. She's outside on like the quad or whatever. Some creepy looking guy comes up to her and says, want to talk to God? She says, No. And then he leaves. Is it like a character we've seen before? No. That's weird. It was weird. I didn't get it. Maybe that's why they cut it. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, what the fuck was that? And it's like, I don't know. The extra just did it. Yeah. That's really <laughs> funny. That was just some guy. And we <laughs> thought it fit. It doesn't. But we thought it did. <laughs> she walks into the hall. She finds Chidi's office. And Michael's reading the tape. I liked this visual of mm-hmm. him like being up to date with it as we see it happening. That was mm-hmm. neat. The cut back and forth. She knocks on the door and opens it to Chidi, who says, it's not my office hours right now. But that's not why she's here. They have a little chat about nothing, about her getting his name wrong and what he does wrong. <laughs> what does she say? She's like, you're the guy who did the three-hour speech about – I forget what she says, but he yeah. has some mumbo-jumbo about how he she said it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And the episode first ends with her saying, my name is Eleanor Shellstrop. Can we talk? Can we talk? That could have been the end of the episode, but I like even better that the end of the episode is Michael reading the tape and saying, okay, mm-hmm. here we go. I think that moment is great. Michael being good. like, yep, exactly. I was right. No matter what, these people are going to find each other. It doesn't matter if you put them with different soulmates. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you bring them back to life. Guaranteed I- every time. And it's about these characters, he helps her. But I think it's a reflection of the show being optimistic in that it doesn't matter what you do to humans, 
in the end, goodness should and will prevail. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm a little bit too much of a sadist and a downer <laughs> to totally believe that. But a show like this makes you want to, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the end of season two. I'm so excited to get into season three and four because I've seen them the least amount of times. Mm-hmm. I've only seen season four once. What do you think about this episode that maybe, would you say, is our most divisive episode of the show's run not that it's bad but the most conflicting episode of the show's run do you think it's i think this one? so because it's one that has a lot of highs and doesn't necessarily have any lows it just this show does cliffhangers so well that you kind mm-hmm. of expect the season to end on a cliffhanger and it does it does but not the kind that we'd expect it doesn't end with a snap what's next it ends with okay here we are let's see how this goes does it go the same? Like it's, and I think that it's it's really smart. So it's interesting. I don't feel if there's one thing that this episode lacks for me in the context of now I have to wait for a new season. Now we're living the time where we can just start the next episode and we're fine. But I feel like the momentum is different at the end of this episode than it was at True. the end of season one. And that's yeah. not a bad thing. It just shows the show can and chose to do something really brave and different. Because they could have easily had 20 minutes of arguing in the judges' chambers about where they need to go, what and they need to do. And then it ends with the snap like all exactly. the other times have ended. But You're this right. time it doesn't. We get to the point and we show that, okay, these people can do better, but life is going to get in the way. And by and without each other, they're not Or as just strong. the idea of what we owe to each other, not them with each other, just in general. Us, mm-hmm. without other people, we can't yeah. succeed. You need... Part of creating a, a better civilization is binding together. Mm-hmm. And I like how they use this core group of four weirdos to like drive those all of humanity points across. Mm-hmm. I, this show, the way that you're talking about, you know, you want the cliffhanger, but they do something different. It, this show's so good at giving you what you don't know you want. Yeah. Because so many times they've done this to the point where you expect it, so they do something else. They take us somewhere else as they do in this episode. And it's not one of my favorite episodes of the show because Mm -mm. it halts, but I think it's one of my favorite examples of them just assuredly knowing what they want to do with this show and how they feel the best way to execute that is. You cannot say that this isn't a thoughtful really planned out decision in an episode it's just a weird change that's hard to grapple with in the time that it gives you and i need the next season to remember how i feel about it i feel good about this episode but it's an interesting exciting daring end of the season when you didn't know that this was going to be the end at (laughs) all totally 100 percent. let's do the good place bad place and wrap this thing up let's do it who's going to the bad place this week so i'll go first because i do have one yeah, um, I think this is an episode where nobody really exhibits a ton of bad behavior. Eleanor has ups and downs. There's a couple of side characters that are exhibit some bad behavior. And I chose one of them, maybe a different one than you did. But uh, I went with Eleanor's roommate, Brittany. That's the one that continues to live with her, the mm-hmm. non-dress bitch one. I think that when your friend is trying to do something good, you should encourage that, not constantly shit on them for it. And I think that a big part of the reason why Eleanor goes back to not good behavior, because even through a lot of that, she was still trying to be good. It wasn't until the friend was like, come on, give it up. Like you've been through. Yeah, that's true. Shit sucks. It was her that like helped really hammer it in until it Mm -hmm. faded. Exactly. And I think that that 
I don't like that. I think that you should, if you're a real friend, you try and help your friend. And even if they're doing something that you're not personally doing, you should still encourage their journey. And she doesn't support a single good thing that Eleanor does. So that's your last point. That's my last bad place of the season. And mine, you know, this episode isn't full of the characters that we know that we've been accumulating points for making good and bad decisions. It's full of other people. Mm. I'm going to go with the other roommate, the dress bitch, because of Mm. how mean she... I think she's so much more cruel than the other one. And she's so... Oh, the way that she's like calls them mean names in loving ways and the way that she dress bitch is pretty bad though the way that she kicks it is pretty bad but the way that there is no like well yes they did that stuff and it's pretty bad but look at all the stuff that she did in reaction that was also very very bad there's Mm -hmm. i don't know it's a pick one or the other thing i went with that one. they made merch Imagine but you got to give Eleanor bad some more credit. And somebody for... made merch of it and sold it and made a lot of money off of it and didn't tell you. I agree, but I think Eleanor does deserve some credit. For... She got away with it. There was mm-hmm. no need to bring it up, and she did. And she yeah. did nothing but get a consequence for that that she deserved. Sure. And I think the the dress bitch could have understood that a little bit more. I'm going to mm-hmm. give it to her. What about Good Place this week? I know who I'm giving mine to. So I was a little conflicted on this one because most of the episode is is Eleanor. Yeah. And I think we get a lot of Eleanor doing a lot of good things. We also get Eleanor doing some not so great things. Yeah, but for we're the back most to part, Eleanor has a ways yes, to go. I gave it to Michael this week because mm-hmm. I think that Michael convinces the judge to let them do this. He encourages Eleanor. He believes in her. And even though he technically does a bad by breaking the rules and going down there, it was with good intention and to help get people to the good place which I think is pretty damn good behavior. We've been talking a lot about Eleanor this season and how far mm-hmm. she's come and how this season has really been a story of this character that had good qualities but had a lot holding her back becoming someone who doesn't have those qualities anymore mm-hmm. without losing any of what made her who she is. And now at the end of the season, I think secretly it's been Michael the whole time mm-hmm. that we've been telling a story of truly becoming the best, most defined version of themselves. Yeah. The way he speaks with conviction to the point of convincing the all-powerful, all-knowing judge that the system is fucked and that we need mm-hmm. to do something, to watching him have so much faith in these flawed humans that he's giving, he's putting everything on the table, like the fabric of all of this by putting people yeah. that have died back on earth and just chipping away every day like Eleanor is, waking up or whatever and following Not what even, I'm sure right. Michael and Janet are That's sitting what I'm there saying. You give Eleanor credit, but think of Michael who has all of these discouraging moments throughout this year, but mm-hmm. does not falter, does not give up, keeps reading and then yeah. is rewarded. I think that it is Michael. I think double Michael, Michael is for the like last the MVP episode. for the season. Yeah, double Michael for the last episode. And that's season two of The Good Place. What a great season. Yeah, fantastic. Some of the most creative and funniest episodes of a television sitcom. And maybe not even some of the best episodes. I mean, some of the best episodes of the show, obviously. But like, I don't know if the best episode of the show has even aired yet. Yeah. Which is saying something because there are some drop dead standouts yeah. this season. Well, this is a show that's so much about the journey mm-hmm. and the destination that it's like each episode is a different shade of successful. You know, yeah. there's so many solid, solid episodes. I can't wait to watch season three and four again. 
But before we do, next week we're going to be doing a little – what do you want to call it? Well, we call it a roundtable. That is what mm-hmm. we call it. But we're doing a little bit of a kiss goodnight to season yeah. two of The Good Place. Not quite a One of the me, best, uh... most daring seasons of a network sitcom ever. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about the highs and lows. We're going to recap it. We're going to rank it. We're going to find out who truly this season we're gonna makes rank it to it. the we're good gonna spank and it. bad place. We're going to spank it. Oh, and I hope you join us next week for our season two mm-hmm. roundtable where we're going to discuss it all before moving on to the somewhere else of season three. That's going to be Ayo. a lot of fun. So please join us next week. Yeah. Also, Patreon, if you like us, patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Support the show. Help us take it further. Get you can't disappoint show. Get the basement. Get all the stuff we do over there, including all of the episodes of Brokeback Bebop. You can listen to the first season for free now wherever you get your podcasts. But you can listen to seasons two and three already months early over on the Patreon. Steven, where else can the people find us? If you're biting our dong bait, then don't want to pay money, then come over to Twitter and Instagram and follow us over at Into the Time Knife for free. We'll be posting lots of fun things there. It's where you can tweet at us, send us messages, get all the info about what episode we need emails for, as well as any special Patreon drops. You'll know what's what's going on there. And then come watch the video companion to this show. I was like pretending to lift my shirt, but my hands were in the middle, so I just looked like see I, like, my, my sweaty sunburn. Do Ooh, I look? Yeah. I look redder, don't I? Only slightly. You look about the same. Your like forehead <laughs> and the outside of your cheeks are a little more red. That's exactly. Uh, come see what anime figure and. Little pillow. Steven's new fuck pillow that he's got. Yeah. Oshinoko. One of those body sized, dirty, <laughs> slitted pillow. That's what they are. That's what you get on uh, the YouTube video, folks. Exactly. Check it out. So uh, search the name of the show on YouTube, Into the Time Knife. We're there forever. <laughs> Thank you for hanging out with us. We will be back next week. Please join us, Steven. Until then. Until then, from inside the Time Knife. Black Lives Matter. I'm Zach. I'm Steven. And we'll see you next time. Have and a we great love week. You very much. What Bargenheimer a forever. I know that was such a sweet kiss. Good night. There was no silliness mm-hmm. of that of that no. goodbye. It was just we that love you love. goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing to undercut it. Mm-hmm. No little joke about little little ball sacks or or, yeah. or little little adult diaper babies. Mm. Nothing like that to undercut that we love our audience. Exactly. We're glad we they spent this time with us. Nothing about. I don't know, like silly little Zach and Steven sucking and fucking type jokes. None of that. Yeah. Just, just just clean. Straight up. Straight. Raw, thick. Sloppy. <laughs> messy. Love. <laughs> Ladies. <laughs>